Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Jeremy White with Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Does anybody else out there want to do something like that? What, what do we need to settle? Jeremy White. When you were a kid and you were going to get sick, like you might throw up, did your family use the same bowl? You go to bed, you bring the bowl there in case you're going to throw up. Was that the same bowl as the family movie Popcorn Bowl? With Sneaky Joe DiBiase. The same bowl that you are eating popcorn out of has been thrown up into. The sick bowl. It's just a bowl. You just wash it. It's just a bowl. The mental damage alone should be there that, hey, some, you know, little, whatever, your little brother or sister... I just threw up in this last week. Now I'm eating popcorn. Why do we have a dishwasher? So on Monday, popcorn. On Tuesday, throw up. And on Wednesday, dog food. No, I see no issue with it. On WGR Sports Radio 550. And on Thursday, you defrost frozen meat in it. Hmm? Big, huge bowl. Got to defrost some chicken. Chicken breast. Boom. Goes in there. Fill it with water. Half hour later, you've got to frost the chicken. Dump the water. Wash the bowl. No chance. You don't even do that? What do you no. defrost chicken in? Well, I'll do not in the bowl that I puked in. <laughs> All right. I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't sure if the chicken was the problem with the puke or the chicken was the problem with the popcorn. Because the chicken, no. that's, that's, you know, if it's defrosting chicken, well, there's potential there for contaminants. You're more upset about the, the, the puke contaminating the chicken than the chicken contaminating me, the popcorn. Interesting to see which way you went on okay, that Okay, l- let me ask you this. Do you ever... Do you ever cut raw chicken or like clean raw chicken or whatnot? Or like cut like cut it and what? Yeah. Do you use a different cutting board? No. You use the same cutting board. Yes. We have a designated chicken cutting board. What about a beef one? There's a beef one too. Actually, th- this is pork. There, there's. If you a- <laughs> tell me you have a cutting board for every cut of meat. There, I, mean, I think you've I, got you've got yourself a, an issue here. I can send pictures later. It literally <laughs> will say fish on it. It'll say chicken what? on it. It'll say it's like a series of four. It's like a four pack. Wow. Different meats. How, Just eliminate all contaminants. How long do you think these contaminants live on these boards? I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's I don't trust myself cleaning. I guess more than anything. <laughs> that might be right. That might be right. It's all a right. knee problem. Learn something every day. Howard's off today in uh, in true going out fashion. He's going to take one more day off, which means something enormous is going to happen today, right? Maybe it's the last real Howard it takes is. vacation. I got a bunch of things while I was off. I was off for three days, yep. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We got Bill's renderings, yep. Le- Leslie Frazier deciding to step away for a year, and is there anything else? Riley Stillman. Yeah, okay, Riley Stillman. <laughs> Does that count? The Sabres made a trade for Riley Stillman. Meanwhile, over, overnight or late yesterday, uh, the Ottawa Senators make it wasn't overnight because I definitely knew about it. Uh, yeah. J- Jacob Chick on the move from the uh, the Coyotes to the 
Ottawa Senators, which was, of course, you know, a, a trade package we had talked about. So, all right, Joe, I guess we should, like, jump right into that because, actually, I can tie this into Howard's last day. Yeah. I was thinking while I was gone, tomorrow's Howard's last day. He's in. We're going to send him off in style. And I thought, what caliber of trade would be big enough where his last day would kind of be scrapped as it's constant reaction to sure, the okay. Sabres just traded for Leon Dreisaitl, right? Like, <laughs> you know, right. what players would qualify to bump Howard versus the players we'd say, like, okay, uh, uh, some guy named Riley Stillman. Okay, anyway, Howard, yeah. back to you. Chikrin yeah. would have been right at the at the bar of, hey, the Sabres traded for Chikrin. Ooh, yeah, it would have been on the – it would have been – we would have to draw a line in the sand. Like, are we are we going all in on Chickering now? Because that, I feel like that would have been as big a deal as they could have made, probably. And yeah. of the players that have been rumored, right? It would have been Chickering or Timo Meyer. Like, those were the two big names to be traded by tomorrow's deadline. Who's the biggest name that was not one of those guys that's been moved? Nino Niederreiter. Yeah. Is it Jonathan Quick? I mean, in the Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, sure, okay, yeah, yeah def- that, that's different. That's but. a good one. If the Sabres had traded for Patrick Kane, it probably would have been a big deal. Yeah, but you know, some of these names, quick goes to Columbus, Corpusalo. That's a guy that we talked about briefly that could have been a target for the Sabres. Is that it? Is it a big goalie trade? If they trade for UC Saros, yes, he's great, but is he not? He doesn't have like that star power pop that some of these other guys might have. That's, that's probably right. Saros remains probably the dream scenario for the Sabres at this point. Anyway, good morning. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe, I'm back from vacation. Ready I've, to roll? I'm ready. I've uh, I've done a lot of things in my life that were important to me, uh, like see Top Gun Maverick finally. That happened. <laughs> yes. Wow. That finally happened. So plenty to get to. But yeah. let's start with the Chikrin trade. Okay. Are we mad? I, I, I will say that I had told you many times, listen, I'm not going to be that upset if Chikrin goes to, to uh, the – Kings to the Blues. He's a, he goes to the Kraken. Like, there, who right. cares? Yeah. There were about four teams where I really would have thought, hmm, interesting. That's tough to take. And he went to one of those four teams. It would have been Ottawa, Detroit, Boston. Boston. Would it have just been anybody in the division? Probably. Florida probably had no need here for this, right? And they don't have a pick for like five years, yeah. so they probably weren't even in it. It really is the Senators or the Red Wings were the two. Most interesting places he could have gone. Yeah, where Sabres fans have to say, "How come their build is ready for this? My build's not ready for this." You could also make the case, of course, that their build needs it, and the Sabres build doesn't need it as much. Sure. So Chickering gets traded. The price is not too high. It's a first and two seconds that are conditional. That was the thing. I mean, to me, that's is that more? That's more the reason to be mad about it than than actually where he ends up. It compounds it that it happened on a team in the division. For over a year, it's been they're not on planet Earth with their ask that they they're they're insane with what they're asking for, and then that's what he got he got dealt for. Like if I if I were Kevin Adams in that spot, I would have I would have thrown something out the window. I would have broke TVs. Like I would have been furious, depending on you know how that negotiation went, because I can't imagine at the end that. It would have been that hard to outbid that that trade. So I think the the amount he got traded for a first and a, a another second and then a second that's three years away, four years away. Um, I just I can't believe that that's all he got traded for after all the talk and how long he's been on the market. Yep, two firsts was a, it was going to be two firsts or a first and a prospect that 
you know, amounts to be a first or, you know, whatever, a first in two seconds. And, yeah, you know, it's it, the other thing, the Timo Meyer trade, maybe you wanted to rent a player like that, try and make a final push. And New Jersey makes a trade with the Sharks that involves 100 pieces back and forth. Yep. Meyer and seven guys you've never heard of for seven guys you've never heard of. <laughs> and a first. And a first. But in, the, in a trade like that, you can make a case and say, well, the Sharks targeted defensive prospects, and the Sabres yep. just don't have the piece. Sometimes a deal can be centered around one piece. You know how this works. You're making a deal in fantasy yep. football. You're going between two people. Sorry, I just like this one guy better for my future. And You don't have a guy right. that can match that. I don't have a prospect that can match that, and if that's the kind of package that you want, I, I can't beat that without really overpaying. Yeah. So you've got you've got deals where you just can't you can't meet the price because you don't have the piece. And then you've got deals where you just didn't pay it. Again, maybe that comes down to they are betting against Ottawa being a high, drafting high. It's top five protected. Yep. But if they if Ottawa misses the playoffs, they have a good shot at getting a mid first, and the Sabers would have been a little bit further down because they might actually still make the playoffs. So, but that's you know that's a nominal difference. So. Chickren's traded. He's traded to Ottawa, and them being ready for that. I mean, not they did in the off season too, right? Like Giroux. This is not new. Giroux and DeBrinket, and they traded for Cam Talbot in the off season. Uh, they got their veteran goaltender. Now they get Chickren. Like Ottawa, Ottawa's got no picks. They don't pick until the fourth round this coming draft. Did do they care? They they probably don't because they think, hey, we're on a little run here. We're having a nice season. Little, uh, you know, confirmation that our young core is growing and is it is worth building around. So, yeah, let's go do this. It's time to do this. Even if we don't get in this year, he's 24. He's going to be here next year. He's going to be here the year after that at the and very least. Cheap, and he's cheap. I it, it's the exact type of trade I wanted to see the Sabers do at the a dream price, like something that was not hard to swallow at all. You would not have had to give up any of your future other than this upcoming first and yep. then the seconds you have three of them in this upcoming round they could have given them all all three seconds that's something they did have to outbid out yep that's right it's tough especially I, yesterday when like it there's darren dreger with a tweet like the teams that are in it he mentions the sabers first and then he mentioned he mentioned ottawa and columbus like the market there didn't seem to be much of a market so i, I wonder i wonder how close they really came to actually pulling this trade off. Because it was perfect. I never really found a good idea for why you wouldn't do it. Money worked. Age worked. Contract worked. The player fit worked. The, the position. Everything worked. I guess the only thing that would make me wonder why they didn't do it would be they don't think it will make them better. They don't think it'll make them that much God, better. Isn't that a... That's tough to sell, though, isn't it? It... He goes in for just do it like where he would go in in the lineup. For he goes in for Yoki Haru in or, the top or, four. Or you're right, Jacob Bryson comes out of your top six, and you bump Yoki Haru down to the sure. third pair. Right, you are how much better if you do that? I feel like you are better. I think you're definitely you're better. better. I is, almost want to see substantially. But is Chikrin the kind of defenseman they hope to get? Like if you look at the way the Sabers are built right now, they had their worst losing streak of the season when who went out. Samuelson. Samuelson. Now, yeah. if Darlene misses eight games and they lose eight in a row, we see a different way they can lose eight in a row. Sure. And Darlene is not expected to play tonight. So, but honestly, even though Darlene is magical with his with with the deking and his puck movement and whatnot, defensively, like defensive zone, yeah, 
isn't he either their best or their second best he defenseman? Is. He yeah. is. And if you're talking about offensive defensemen versus defensive defensemen, I mean, Darlene is excellent at both. Yeah. Power is coming along excellently, I think, at both. He's probably got more work to do on the defensive side, but whatever. He's got really impressive numbers. But I wonder if what they really want, Joe, is another Samuelson type. Yeah. A guy they can put out in their top four. You know, you say you've got Darlene, Power, and then Samuelson, and who? I want a second defensive guy there that I can treat the same way that I treat Samuelson, which is his role is to just be a steadying presence. He doesn't have to be Jacob Chikrin, because Chikrin is closer to Darlene and Power. Right. He's one of the top 20, 15 defensemen in the NHL. He's a great puck mover. He does play, you know, whatever. He's He's got size. He's got other things to his game. But if you want to really look at why the Sabres didn't do it, I guess the best guess would be we already have too many Chikrin types, and we need more. I mean, I'm not trying to tell you Samuelson, Samuelson types. I'm not trying to tell you he's better than Chikrin. Right. Which is that the way they build a certain defense core, they might want somebody more like a Samuelson. Do they think that that's the best fit, especially for power, right? Because isn't the next thing they do on the blue line, and I said this last night, I hold to it, that they will not, like, they're, they don't, they don't stop people from scoring right now. Like, goaltending plus blue line, they don't stop people from scoring. And unless Devin Levi shows up within two years and is a superstar, which I'm not betting on that quick that that happens, you have no defensive prospects coming to save the day. And you have a, a, a timeline here, goaltender-wise, you're probably going to have to wait. So if you're going to get better at that, you're going to have to do it via the trade market or free agency. And... Isn't the next move they make just, that's Owen Power's defense partner. So shouldn't everything really be viewed through the prism of, how does this guy fit with Owen Power on a pair? Because anything they spend that's that's a sizable investment, assuming they would want to keep Samuelson and Darlene together forever, that the next guy that they put an investment into, that's the guy that's going to play with Owen Power. And that's not Chikrin, right? That's not Chikrin. Is it not? I don't know. I don't think it's Chikrin. And... Let's let's get to the another part of this. When, they can't mesh just because they're both great at moving the puck. Like zone exits, Chikrin was one of the best in hockey. Sure. What what, what they need, I, I, they, you know, they're an improving team. And they lost a tough one against Columbus, but whatever. They're an improving team. They've got a big one tonight. The thing the Sabers, from what I read, fancy stats, blah blah blah, and a lot of they need someone that stops zone entries. Yeah. They don't have trouble getting out of their own end. They have trouble stopping teams from getting into their end. Mm-hmm. That's where they could use somebody that could be elite. And, you know, Chikrin is great at moving the puck. Is he, is he great at stopping defend, stopping line rushes coming in? They need someone else to better protect the blue line. And, of course, built into this also is Granado's style. I don't have any doubt Chikrin would fit in really well. I guess the question becomes, does it just become more of what they are? And we see Chikrin putting up good numbers, but sit, sit here and say, well, they still give up a lot of goals, whether that's on the goalies, whether it's on the style of play. You know, I'm not telling you it would have been a bad move. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out why they wouldn't do that when everything you laid out, we've laid out. There would have been a, a, a put it this way if the deal's done, a lot of people say, like, well, it makes sense. And for that exact price, like, oh, good. Look at Buffalo getting better. The other thing, and I've got until tomorrow until this isn't true, and technically the entire offseason, Joe. Uh huh. What if that first is kind of marked for something else. What if it is marked for Soros? Uh-huh. What if the reason they don't pull the trigger is because they feel, well, we could spe- we could send this to Arizona for- in this Chikrin trade, or 
We've yeah. got we've got two seconds lined up for this other trade. And the deadline is tomorrow, so you've still got time, and you've seen a lot of the teams go out there and spend their seconds, and the you know the the, tra- the trade deadline board is moving a bit. I wonder if they're still planning something. I'd wonder who that guy is, or maybe it's someone they might guess is available in the summer. Cause they, cause is there a guy? This happened with Stephon Diggs, right, with the Bills, where like, they checked in. Diggs said it. They checked in during the 2019 season, and they got told not right now. Was that the? Way, I think that's yep. the way Diggs put it. Like not right now. The Bills might have heard that and said not right now. So we could go trade a first round pick right now for this other thing. If we wait till the summer, or not in football, you wait till the the spring. We might be able to get Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Let's wait. And they did it. And I, I could understand that, if that's the case. If Saros, for instance, he's being mentioned as one of the three guys that Nashville wouldn't trade. But if they have some indication that Nashville might be open to that in the offseason, let's hang on to it, that I would understand. I would think it would have to be that situation, though, because I'm just looking at like the TSN trade bait list right now for it's, tomorrow. It's not great. Nothing left. <laughs> James Van Riemsdyk is number two on the list. Okay. Tyler Bertuzzi is number one. Carolina's first round pick is number three. Like it's it's getting Oof. real sparse. Yeah. Joel Edmondson. Like, that's not a first round pick. I love how there's a draft pick in there as the fourth it's, best option. <laughs> right. Yikes. Well, eight oh three oh five fifty. Give us a call. We've got guests along the way today. We're gonna talk about the Senators with uh Dean Brown of T S N twelve hundred coming up. It's in the eight o'clock hour. The, the main question is why why is Ottawa ready for this? Why is Ottawa ready to take a step forward and they're right here kind of with the Sabres in the standings, which are, of course, crowded in the Eastern Conference. So uh, the Sabres sit with uh, 66 points. Otto's got 64 with uh, one more game played. So they're not that far behind the Sabres. That's another team that has gone through some really dark times and is in this mix a little bit. I mean, geez, Detroit's right here, too. Everybody but three teams are still alive in the East. Yeah, Detroit, I mean, them losing back-to-back. I saw... I saw them, before they lost the back-to-back to Ottawa, their playoff percentage chances were like 21%, and now they're at 2%. Oof. That's tough. What are we on for the Sabres right now? The Sabres are, hold on, they're going to puck luck. 27.8 on puck luck. Or no, I'm sorry, on money puck. On money puck, puck yeah. luck usually is pretty close. They have the Sabres at 30%. Okay. Ottawa at 8. Big one tonight. Tough, tough test. They play seven, seven games in a row against teams in playoff spots. I'll tell you why that might not be a bad thing. Um... That they just lost to Columbus and well, they play well against top lot, teams a lot. A lot of these playoff teams don't need it. Ah, uh, yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't, yeah. Shouldn't you be able to play a team that doesn't really need it? Shouldn't Should, they be resting their starting goaltenders by this point? Right. When you play the Leafs, shouldn't you be able to get a team that's not as entirely motivated as you? You're fighting for your life, and they're not. And they've known who they're playing in the playoffs for four months. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk myself into it. We'll get some calls in. John and Elma, we want to know if you're upset, what you're looking for from the Sabres, and um, if it's Chikrin himself that you're wishing the Sabres had had, or if you just want to see something. And I, I think there's a lot to that point we'll get to as well. John and Elma, good morning, John. Good morning, guys. Um, just wanted to say, you guys need to get Kevin Adams on here to find out how we missed out on such a low uh, bar to get Chikrin. Um, I hope there's something else coming down the pipeline to help these guys. Um you know, to make the playoffs, they don't. You know, they can they'll make it next year with the young guys, but this year I don't think they have it in them. And uh, the one thing I was thinking, they may be trying. You know, I, they got rid of Patillo uh, because it didn't look like they were going to sign him. But that other defenseman that's pretty high rated from Minnesota is it Johnson? 
um, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Ryan Johnson. If we could sign him or, you know, get him in, um, maybe that's, you know, they're looking at him as a, I don't know, a Chikrin-type development player. But if we could get him signed before the thing, they, they just need to give us a little something to show that they're giving the guys a little bit of help without losing either players. You know, I mean, draft picks are really nothing per se. Um, the fact that, you know, Chikrin went for a first and two seconds is is it, it kind of is like a gut punch, you know. It's like we need to hear from Kevin Adams to find out how he missed out on this. Well, we we will hear. Thanks, John. We will hear from Kevin Adams tomorrow for sure. Like at, at on yep. deadline day, that is a guarantee. He'll come down after the trade deadline and talk about what happened, if anything. I mean, it could happen that we get to tomorrow at two o'clock and hear we're done. We're not doing anything. We're pretty satisfied with where they are, and that's what you'll hear. You'll hear a lot of you can't fast forward, and. You know, there's a there's a point here always to be made that teams are going to tell you everything went well, no matter who that is. The Sabres did make a trade for that defenseman, Riley Stillman. So, you know, to me, this is a point I make a lot, and it's not supposed to be a criticism of what the teams say. It's just the way that we cover them. Everything they do is within their plan. Was Riley Stillman part of the plan? I guess so, because they did it. And yeah. if they trade a first-round pick for Jacob Chikrin, that would have been part of the plan. They didn't. They were definitely interested in Chikrin. This is a lot like the the NFL yeah. draft to me, Joe. You you only draft one player. You would have drafted twelve guys in that spot, but the best one you liked was this one. So yeah, Pierre LeBrun wrote on Monday about the Sabers and Chikrin. Quote: If the ask drops before Friday at three p.m., the Sabers will be trying to get in on that for sure. And then yesterday, Dreger had something similar along the same lines. If the price drops, they'll be interested. They've been staying close. The price dropped. And they didn't pull it, the trigger. Aren't, aren't I to believe, though, that they probably wanted that? Yeah, and... Chikrin, too. I mean, he could have played into that. Maybe he said he wanted to go to Ottawa. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he says he wants to go to Ottawa. Maybe it comes down to... It's but, hard for me... I guess it's a little hard for me to, to believe that they just said no to that price when everything kind of pointed to if the price drops, they'd be in on it. The price dropped and they weren't. So I guess they could have just been wrong, but man, it feels crazy to me to think that anybody could say no to that for that to, player. To that price. The only thing it could be with if it's a very close one, and I, I I think it's tough to make this case. Right now, if you go to the draft rankings, the Ottawa Senators are thirteenth. They have a two percent chance to win the lottery. Their, their pick is top five protected. You can only win the first or top two protected. Sorry. Yeah. Top two protected because there only is a top two to protect. So Ottawa has a 2% chance of picking first or second. And if they don't, Arizona gets that pick, which is a middle round, a mid pick, 13th. If they were to win it, it would become an unprotected pick next year. If you're the Sabres, yeah. you are not afraid of either of those scenarios. They let you protect it. So let's say the Sabres fall out and miss the, miss the playoffs. They're going to be picking 14th. That's less than a 2% chance. And if you were to offer them an unprotected draft pick next year, it's the same thing. Even if you miss the playoffs, it's not likely to go up into the top two. They only draw for two spots, and your chances to move are very, very slim. So, you know, protected picks is ridiculous to me. So many of these teams, it's amazing they can get a protection. Ottawa's still got a protection despite it, a 2% chance. If they fall on their face I, and fall out of the playoffs, the best it could be is like three and a half. I think that is, is that everybody just 
of guaranteeing they Connor will not Bedard. trade Connor, Connor yes. Bedard. Did you see the Devils protection? Yes. The Devils are third place in the NHL and protected their top, <laughs> and they did top two protected. Right, just because I, there is gonna there is going to be a zero percent chance I trade Connor Bedard. Right, and the Sabers, I mean, I'm sure they would have maybe done that. Would they have offered up an unprotected first next year? Sure, I think they should. I don't see any problem with it. Mm. We'll get you the comments from the Lightning GM if you haven't heard those yet. Basically saying the value of draft picks is kind of inflated. Like It's not worth as much as you all think it is based on our timeline. And for the Sabres, I think there's a, there's a bit of a point to be made on the same front. 803-0550. Deadline day tomorrow. And you know we'll take your calls on it. We'll see if anything happens more today. I want to mention like our sister station, News Radio 930 WBEN, probably continuing coverage of the fire from yesterday. Which yeah, I, I got back into town yesterday. You know, I'm, I'm flying back in from Denver and just looking at the video, seeing the video, reading the, the stories, seeing the pictures of the firemen and women out there that were just like, it's it's obviously it's a terrible day to have lost a firefighter in this community. So continuing coverage of that on uh, our sister station, News Radio 930 WBEN. As we you know move along through this Thursday, so join us if you would. Our phone number eight zero three zero five fifty. It's one last day off for Howard, and then tomorrow's final show. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's it. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> and, and the Edmonton Oilers weren't willing to pay a price for Jacob Chikrin. If Matthias Eklund helps them, you know, there, there's no question about that. Jacob Chikrin at his age, at his salary... Unbelievable that they weren't ready to pay a price like that or even more. Just pay the same price you paid to get Ekholm. It's Don't. unbelievable that a team wouldn't pay the price for Chikrin. This helps the Ottawa Senators today, tomorrow, for the next two years. Great move by Pierre Dorian. That's, that's the where they needed to help. And that's. So that's Bob McKenzie, TSN. Craig, Craig, Craig Button. Button. Craig Button. Craig Sorry, it sounded like Bob McKenzie. Craig Button on the Chikrin deal as he goes to the Ottawa Senators. 803-0550, you go to the Western Hotline and bring in uh, Sabres postgame host, intermission host, Brian Koziel. We'll get some golf talk, but also get Koziel's reaction to uh, the Chikrin news. Brian, good morning. Gentlemen, good morning. So when you see the Chikrin trade, Brian, I feel like there's a, there's an element of Sabres fans that might be less upset about the player and more upset that it seems like everybody's kind of lining up with their moves and the Sabres are being, are being very patient, which... You know, there's always going to be a faction that appreciates patience. How does the the Chikrin trade a first and two conditional seconds hit you for the price of a player of his caliber on his cap hit and the fact that he went to a division rival that's not that far from you? Yeah, I think I think the the frustration maybe and the disappointment is what you just described is the fact that you look at a lot of the teams. It seems like every team in the East is stealing the stars from the West. Um, but it looked like it was all the, the cup contenders that were kind of, you know, going in with big moves. The Rangers, obviously, Tarasenko, Kane, uh, the Devils going to get Meyer. Uh, we obviously saw the Bruins have made some moves. Toronto, of course, O'Reilly, plus other moves. Uh, they're going all in. But the teams that were kind of in the wild card race, kind of on the outside looking in, 
um, Capitals, Sabres, Red Wings, Senators, kind of maybe, you know, not as much. But now you've got a team that entered the night two points behind the Sabres and has been playing well, and you feel like, oh, geez, like these teams that are right around Buffalo now, like are they going to start making the push? And for Ottawa, a team maybe on a similar timeline as the Sabres, hey, a younger team, they went through a rebuild. Maybe they're trying to give themselves a push to get into the playoffs. Um, I thought that was disappointing. And the other part of it to me is that for what they gave up, how, how much people want to value picks, obviously everybody's got a different opinion. I think in the NHL, picks to me seem to be a little less valuable than maybe they would be in the NFL. Just you're drafting 18-year-olds. It's so much, I feel like, more variability than maybe in other sports. So draft picks to me, especially because the Sabres have extras, like I would have been totally willing to do what that package was. But another big piece for me, you're not disrupting the room. I think one thing that we've heard from Kevin Adams, you know, in terms of we, this core, you know, wants to be together. They like to be together. You know, would people want to part with Jack Quinn? Would people want to part with somebody else, uh, you know, some of these prospects? Well, there was no disruption to the room. If this is what the deal was going to be, nobody was exiting to the point where there could have been some sort of maybe disappointment within the players, uh, team morale, whatever that you value in that. Like, this could have been done, I think, that way. So I think because of the layers now, of course, the age of Chickering, too, all that factors in. Uh, even just the fact that maybe you're without Rasmus Dahlin here maybe for a short term. I know that maybe is not the reason to do it, but I feel like it could add to it in some sense. Um, when I was talking with Rob Ray the other night on pregame, he said he's been on teams with when Darcy Regeer was the GM. He said where we were kind of like right where the Sabres are right now. And he said, you know, we'd be on the road. We'd be talking as the players. We'd be at dinners. We'd be, you know, on the plane. He said the guys would be saying, like, come on, just give us a boost. Give us a guy. Give us a guy. And uh, he said, you know, a lot of times when it didn't happen, he used the name Bob Corkum. He's like, yeah, then he goes, then Darcy would make a trade for Bob Corkum. And he said it was deflating. He's like, we were looking to think like, hey, our GM thinks like, you know, that he's like, he was looking for that belief. He's like, give us that boost to get us over the top. And he said, sometimes, you know, you'd go to the trade deadline, you'd see other teams make moves. And he goes, it was deflating for us. And, you know, I think Ottawa probably got that big boost yesterday in the room thinking, all right, we're in this now and our GM believes in us and he's given us a tool to kind of go over the top. So um, I was always looking at it of guys don't want to – guys didn't want to make a move maybe because they didn't want to lose a teammate or feel fearful that maybe the locker room chemistry would change and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, according to at least what Rob would say, it was kind of the other way. And I never thought about that. of like, Hey, give us that extra boost in the room to make us feel like we can get over the top and get in. So for a lot of those reasons, long winded answer, I was disappointed yesterday to see that Ottawa, a team maybe in the similar spot as the Sabres wasn't able to pull that off. Get your thoughts on something we talked about as the direct follow-up to that, Brian, which is, you know, how much would Chikrin help them versus what they very specifically need now and going forward? If you're talking about their number one need, it's not necessarily a puck-moving defenseman. It might be an all-around defenseman. It might, of course, be a goalie. For me, like the, the UC Soros idea might get expensive and Nashville might not make the move. That, to me, does still strike as the most important move they have to make either by tomorrow or in the offseason. They need to steady out their net more leading into Devin Levi. And that might mean two years of covering the net because right now the way that it's built out, I know Craig Anderson has played pretty well. But overall, I still think that is the most glaring issue they have in the short term 
that seems like they could cover up at not a very expensive price as long as you're not going for Soros. And I might even listen to that idea if the price was right. I agree. I mean, I I can't tell you after how many post-game shows that they've lost where we're sitting here talking about the fact of, you know, that goal going in was a difference maker here, that the goaltending was better. Um, the Sabres gave up a lot of goals. I mean, it's, it's just a fact. And they can score a lot. So you don't have to have the best goalie in the league here, I think, to make a pretty good improvement. But we've realized that, look, Craig Anderson at best is playing once a week. And, you know, you're going to get maybe a good game out of him there. And that seems to be about it. Like, you know, it's not something that uh, is a down part on Craig Anderson in any capacity. It's just it's just the fact of where he is right now in his career. I think to be a number two goalie, a play once a week, like that's probably what the NHL does. If you're playing three or four games a week and your backup plays once a week, and Anderson, Anderson has played as good as maybe you'd want to label any backup that they've had here uh, in a long time. The problem is the guy that's playing the other two or three games, just we have not seen consistency. There was a little with Lucan in there for a while, but I think you're totally right. Like right now, that's been a major factor. I think that's still the topic. It was the topic of the off season, and it didn't seem like other than Eric Comrie and what he's been able to do, which is not be consistent, not stay healthy. Like that hasn't really worked out or panned out. Uh, and we're not going to get to really see, I think, an answer on Eric Comrie. Like the one thing that with that signing, hey. You know, is he is he the guy or not? Well, he's going to play like once every seven, eight games here. So I don't think we're even going to really get an answer on whether or not we think he's the guy, even if you still have hope to think that he could be a number one goalie. So uh, I don't see the problem solving itself. Lukanen just doesn't seem like he can stay consistent enough. So I'm open to the goalie trade. Uh, I think it would really uh, give us an opportunity to evaluate the team to see, yes, was goaltending the major issue? Because I think it's got to be right at the top right now. Brian Cozy on the Western Hotline. Brian, we also got you on to preview another big event on the PGA Tour. We've had a, a great start to the season for the PGA. This is Bay Hill. It's one of the courses. It's the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It's one of the courses I've I've been to as a spectator. I got Phil Mickelson's autograph in 2000, maybe <laughs> on the program. So anyway, um, it is a great event. You know, it's 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 a big one, and it leads into the players coming up next as well. Yeah, two straight weeks of really really big events and. Again, this year, the PGA Tour having these designated elevated events where the purse is bigger and you're going to have the biggest names in golf. They're all playing, um, other than Tiger, of course, not being there, but world number one, John Rahm is playing, defending champion Scotty Scheffler is playing, Max Homa, who's been playing great, is playing, JT is playing, um, Mount Morikawa is playing, Cantley's playing, Shoffley's playing, Hovland's playing. I mean, all these, you know, all the big names, they're all there. So uh, we've seen. Through the first three elevated events, some really, really good drama. Uh, we saw Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm battling in Phoenix. Uh, Scheffler's the defending champion of this event, so we know he's playing well there. This event plays hard. Last year, the winning score was only five under par uh, when Scheffler won it. Uh, the wins at this course can really play havoc, so that'll be something to keep an eye on if you do watch some of the coverage this week. Um, but because of Arnold Palmer's presence with this tournament, it seems it kind of gives itself a little extra bump uh, in terms of the prestige and in terms of how the players enjoy being there. So uh, these elevated events have been really, really good. There was some news yesterday that the PGA Tour, as they continue to kind of tinker with their schedule, we know a lot of this obviously still in reaction to what happened uh, with Live, uh, Live Golf last year. They said that they may be making these elevated events next year 
with even a smaller field down to 70 golfers with no cuts. And the thought process on that was they want to guarantee that the big names are there all four days, not only for spectators, not only for fans, but let's face it, for sponsors too. Mm -hmm. They want to have the biggest names in the world be there for all four days, still with an opportunity to compete. So that's something that maybe that we'll see next year uh, as the PGA Tour continues to kind of tinker with their schedule, tinker with how they're setting things up in order to make it the most entertaining product possible. Do we think the tinkering, are they going to keep doing, going with this? Because it, it does feel like they've done pretty well, right? Like the the siphoning off of star golfers has stopped. Um, they did make some changes that I think are working, right? Like the elevated events and the, the money that, that their own players seem to like. So I guess, like, will they feel the need to continue to change things in reaction to Liv? Because now it kind of feels like Liv's just kind of over there in the CW and nobody's watching. So it, it, it should be, I would think, that they can just kind of keep going the way it is. I think you're right. I don't think necessarily they had to make these changes. I'm wondering if they felt more pressure uh, from players from within to do it. Uh, I wonder if they felt more pressure from sponsors as well. I mean, let's face it, that's a huge money uh, piece for the tour with what comes in with that. So um, that was one thing I was listening to McElroy's press conference yesterday. He talked about um, sponsorship and how that, you know, they're signing up to have these players there. And that I think maybe that was a piece of having the no cut. Uh, also, it's another piece of guaranteeing every player money when they show up to the event too. So we know that was one of the things that the live tour said, Hey, look, you know, every time you show up, you're going to get paid. Whereas on the PGA tour, you miss the cut. I know, I think there's, you know, a little stipend piece, but other than that, you're not getting paid. So I think that was something that uh, was still kind of out there. Do I think it's necessary? I don't, but if that's what the players feel like is better then I guess it doesn't really harm uh, anything to have these guys there. But I think, you know, some people do like having the cut uh, because it does kind of add some drama sometimes on Friday afternoon. You say, hey, is this guy going to make it? Is this guy not? Kind of have these guys still continue to grind and kind of focus, even maybe if they're not, you know, contending for the first uh, for first place or anything near the top. Um, will they have to keep doing this year after year after year? I got to think that we've reached the point where it's maybe almost, you know, complete, as you said. I think whoever was going to go to live, maybe is gone or, or has already gone. Um, there's, I think, too, with these non-elevated events, like last week, the Honda Classic was an event where you didn't have a lot, a ton of monster names. But I think maybe those are kind of now the events where we're going to say, hey, who are we going to learn about that's going to be the next set of stars? And a guy that wins in some of these other events where maybe you don't have these monster names, well, now because they've got to win, now they're eligible to play in these more elevated events and I think kind of the cycle then goes of, hey, these are somebody new that we learn about. We learn their story. They become the next star. Now they're in the elevated event. It's kind of like a stepping stone sort of yeah. thing. So it, I think maybe they've got a nice little setup right now where even in these weeks where you don't have monster names playing, there's still an opportunity for maybe kind of the breeding ground here to kind of give us the next set of stars. Kind of sounds, I mean, a little bit of like doses of promotion and relegation. You know, like you mm -hmm. win an event, yeah. you are promoted, and all of a sudden, you know, a little bit more worth paying attention to. Brian, what's going on with T to Green this week? Second show of the season. Uh, we were at the Golf Dojo last week. This week we'll be at Glen Oak Golf Club in Amherst. And I know Tim Freeze, the owner, and the PGA Pro there is going to be joining us, so... 
Uh, we'll be talking. Kevin Sylvester's at the Arnold Palmer event working, so we'll have him uh, on the line as well throughout uh, getting you ready. And hopefully we can start to get some weather around here that makes us <laughs> think that golf is close. Yeah. All right, Brian. We'll talk tomorrow because I know you're going you're gonna to check in with us to say goodbye to Howard for his final show, which is uh, tomorrow. So we'll talk then. Okay, sounds great. Thanks, guys. Brian Koziel of Tita Green, and uh, of course, he'll be on tonight for the Sabres and post-game show, Sabres and Bruins, 7 o'clock from Boston. I don't think we're getting that weather anytime soon. In fact, I heard, I've not looked, but I heard up to, I don't do I even want to repeat the number because I haven't even double-checked it, up to 18 inches of snow from Friday to Saturday night. Hmm. That's Go- the opposite. Okay. Complete opposite of golf weather. That is snowblower weather. Yeah. Yeah. If that indeed you is know, the case, I'm checking right now. You know what kind of idiot I am, Joe? I'm What's the kind that? of idiot that I just got back from vacation. Uh-huh. And consistently, I live in a place where it is when it is cold, I will leave. Uh-huh. And I will go someplace else where it's, <laughs> it's cold. Where it's cold. <laughs> right. You went to Colorado. I was in Colorado for, for which is wonderful. Right. Not no. Aruba or no, not Aruba. Cancun. No. La- land in Denver, temperature is 50. Okay, this isn't too bad. Dri- right. Drive two hours, uh, wind chill negative six. <laughs> That's kind of idiot that I am. No, my wife and I, you know, we like to ski, get outdoors. We we actually got the kids a little bit on skis. I'm but seeing... I but I do think of it all the time. Think why? Why did am you I go not there? Flying south. Go find a beach. We had a layover in Atlanta. It was seventy-five degrees. That's the ex- probably great. That's the extent of my warm weather in the winter. Was the uh, Atlanta airport? Yeah. People come back. <laughs> normal people, smart people. They come back tanned. They've sat on the beach for a week. What did I do? Take like the hardest vacation possible, where it's as cold <laughs> as it could be, and then come back to more cold. We we actually landed yeah. yesterday. We landed. It might have been forty-eight degrees. We thought like, oh, it's warm. Returning from a cold vacation. That's yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh, one to four inches is what I'm seeing now. Not 18. Not 18, okay. I'm looking for where that could have come from. Maybe Slight. that's a different area. I just checked Buffalo, but one to four inches is what I saw. All right. We'll get a break in. 803-0550. Sal's going to join us at 7 o'clock. You know, we'll talk a little bit about what the Bills have said this week. It's, of course, Combine Week. Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott will speaking with the media. The Leslie Frazier News. So plenty to get to uh, with Sal coming up here on WGR. He'll be at the top of the hour. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. You know, we're still in the rebuild mode, and next year, you know, we're still in that mold. So, you know, there's opportunity for us next year to kind of take advantage of the market again and, and you know, obviously take back bad contracts as we've done uh, in the previous two years. So if you take back money in contracts, that it, it can eat into that. So we're very aware of that. And, um, you know, and uh, this deal was uh, probably the best deal for us. Bill Armstrong, GM of the Arizona Coyotes. Why? I don't understand. He kind of says it there. Why they were so intent on not retaining salary. Because... They're the kings of retaining salary. That's true. Well, no, they're the kings of retaining cap space to keep them at the floor. Okay, yeah. And right. paying as little for it as possible. But that would help them do that. 
It depends. They would need if you're taking anything back. It's got to be low salary. Because yeah. they don't want to pay dollars. They have a five thousand seat arena, right? And yeah. they don't really, you know. Imagine being the GM of that team. One thing I thought when the Columbus Blue Jackets won and beat the Sabers, what was that? Two, Monday night, Monday night, um, Tuesday, not, Tuesday. Tuesday sorry, I, yes, Tuesday. So, man, can we just take a step back in time and imagine what it would be like? You're the Columbus Blue Jackets. You're a Blue Jackets fan. You have been in front. Of the Connor Bedard lottery for a while. Yep. And now you're making it close. Yep. I would be beside myself. Yep. What? What do you mean you've gone 5-3-2 five, well, five, and two in your last 10 games? At least they traded their goalie away. And hold on. Regulation wins. Anaheim only has 10. Columbus has 15. Anaheim is two points wins. away. Chicago is one point away. How about San that, Jose is two points away. The Columbus have turned the Eric the, the Connor Bedard race for the best odds at the next generational player. Yeah, or whatever. And sure, you want to say the term gets overused? It's fine. The, I, I it would, could be overused, but it might be right to use it this time. Right. It's, yeah. He's said to be between McDavid and Austin Matthews. Okay. Yeah. Somebody's going to get him for free. Do you want the best chance at that? Yes. Okay. Well, what about just rattling off five wins? I Joe, if we if Columbus had a sports station that talked hockey. I'm sure they're talking about Ohio State right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, Flipping out. I, I'd be losing sleep over these wins. I mean, they were trying, right? They had a guy named Billy Sweezy in the lineup against the Sabres on Tuesday. Like, they were playing the backup goalie. They traded the starting goalie. Yeah. They're, they're trying. They're 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 in a dogfight right now. Yeah. And they better start losing and start losing fast. Also, I didn't realize this, because this, the lottery rules have been changing a lot the last couple of years. Do you know the difference in percentage between first and second? It's a 5% difference. No. It's not? That's It's a 5% difference for the oh, draw as a whole. It's double. For number one overall, it's a 12% difference. Yeah. That's big. <laughs> That's it, bigger than it used to be. Yes, it is. And it's definitely worth way more than... Pretending that these wins this month right. matter for the Blue Jackets. Right, you're at 46 points. You're the worst team in, oh, the, in the conference. Whew. All right, Anaheim. The, for the, luckily for them, though, Anaheim took uh, Washington overtime yesterday. So it's a point. Anaheim, Chicago, San Jose, and Columbus all within two points of each other. For do them. we did we want to see Bedard go to Columbus? No, we don't want him to go anywhere near the top four. We I don't know where we want to go. We can talk about that. Washington, not Washington, <laughs> not St. Louis. Washington would be amazing. Though, I hate, I hate all these potential answers. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Sorry, we're late. Sal on the other side. We'll uh, recap what's going on at the combine. Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier. Um, of course, McDermott's comments on Frazier. Brandon Bean speaking stuff about Gabe Davis, number two receiver. Plenty to catch up on as uh, the Bills offseason gets closer and closer to getting kicked up and underway here on WGR. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.